Hello, greetings, salutations, and welcome to this Grand Day Out episode. It's Bank Holiday Monday, and I thought, you know what? It's been a while since the last one. I thought I'd try and catch up with some of the latest cinema releases, as is I want on these Grand Day Out episodes. So, today, I've got a triple bill today, and I've just come out of the first film, that being Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I really enjoyed it, not notwithstanding my Marvel bias, but I think it's definitely one of the better Marvel films that has been released in the last couple of years or so. It's really nice to get back with the crew and all of our all of everybody's favourite <laughs> Marvel interstellar characters. Um, this, what what can I say about this film? The the it, it looked like it wasn't filmed in the volumatic so it looks like actually a lot of it is kind of practical sets and stuff and given that the last batch of marvel stuff has been filmed in the volumatic it's not really felt very real so actually having sets even though they're kind of in space and and spaceships and such it's kind of nice to have a uh not necessarily grounded but a nice way of easing us back in again um really liked it uh, the actors as always are on point uh, the high evolutionary who's your bad guy for this film he's, he's a nasty piece of work and it's been a while since Marvel's had a villain you know that you can really sink your teeth into and really kind of despise and hate and not be one dimensional as a lot of them have been recently notwithstanding uh, Kang in Quantumania but I want to say about this film is it's it feels like there is actual like cinematic flair if that's such a thing whereas a lot of the recent marvel stuff has kind of been we'll we'll get a camera we'll point it and we'll shoot it um this feels like there's actually been more considerations in kind of the shots and the cinematography in general there's there's a scene towards the end of the film which is like a fight scene and there's one moment towards the end where it's all seemingly done in one take and i know james gunn who's written and directed this film He's been fighting Marvel to do this for like three films now. And the fact he's managed to get to do it is really, really cool. It's not in the same leagues as, say, like Old Boy or even the John Wick 4 uh, scene where it's kind of shot from overhead, but it's still a really nice inclusion nonetheless. Uh, you, It's kind of witty and kind of snarky, as is your want with James Gunn. And I'm really, really surprised he stuck the landing on this one, to be honest, because sometimes... Marvel sequels, they're not particularly great. I'm looking at you, Quantumania, which I rewatched yesterday at the time of recording, and, and that's fine, but a lot of it does feel very kind of rushed and cut and hacked about. This is a lengthy... Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is a lengthy two and a half hours, and it's... It doesn't feel it, honestly. Um, if they had cut stuff, then I wouldn't have known, because it... It's nicely paced and as well. The other thing as well is like for the actual story, it's nice to have like a personal story that's kind of low level. It's not like world ending, like universe ending per se, but kind of it's a small insular story in which our, our characters get thrown into. So that's quite nice for a change of pace. Along with that as well, you've got you know, uh, book ending really nicely for the characters where they end up at the end of the film, which I'm not going to spoil because, you know, there may be some fans of Marvel out there who do listen to the podcast and haven't seen it yet. So, 
kind of interesting to see where they're going to take those characters from here, especially given the post credit scenes. One in particular kind of made me go, ha, huh, you'll know the one I'm on about when and if you see it. Um, James Gunn, as always, he he knows exactly what he's doing with these characters, you know, he knows what he's doing with these actors, so much so, you know, all right, he ends up casting a lot of the same people, but it's because he knows he can get a good performance out of them, and he has the chemistry with them, and they have chemistry with each other on screen, which is really, really nice to see, you know, and I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, um, it's one of the better Marvel films to come out in recent years, and I'm kind of intrigued to see where they go and obviously with James Gunn now being the head of DC Studios I'm very intrigued to see what he does with that universe especially given we're going to be getting a Superman film from him in the not too distant future pending the writer's strikes and everything else that's currently ongoing in Hollywood which by the way 100% in full and fully support that um, but yeah Guardians of the Galaxy it's a good time all round. It was kind of switch your brain off and kind of get fully invested. It's not as uh, outlandish and, you know, spacey-racy like Quantum Mania was, but that's not what I necessarily want. wanted from this. I kind of wanted the interplay of the characters and to kind of, you know, spend time with them as, as we have done. And obviously, previous films have left them in a place where... You know, they can be expanded on nicely, and I think they have been in this film. So I would highly recommend that. I'm going to take a quick break now, and I am going to get in to see the new Robert Rodriguez film, which I didn't even know existed. So I'll take a break, and I'll see you in a bit. Right. <laughs> I've just come out of the new Robert Rodriguez flick, Hypnotic, and that was the biggest load of just nonsense I have ever seen. So for those of you who don't know, it stars Ben Affleck searching for his missing daughter who's gone, who was kidnapped supposedly by a mysterious figure called Del Rain and it spirals out of control. Um, the first half an hour throws so much at you to do with hypnosis, hypnotics, constructs and such like. Think of it as like a low budget kind of uh, inception. I think that's a good fair analysis of that, of making constructions in the mind and, and so on and so forth. So the first hour I was like this is this is ridiculous, they're going so serious with this and it's so ham-fisted and just and then you get to the hour point and the twist comes in and you're like okay I called it at the start but I will go with it and it doesn't really ever pick up again <laughs> be brutally honest with you Ben Affleck just basically gurns his entire way through the film and doesn't really do a lot William Fichter on the other hand plays your standard evil generic uh, man in suit with the evil man he's fine but it's the most un-Robert Rodriguez film made by Robert Rodriguez I have ever seen you wouldn't know it's him aside from the fact that there is a brief segment where they go to Mexico and it's like 
Ha! Huh. I don't want to say that he's on a downward trajectory with a lot of his films. I think he really reached his peak with those uh, Desperado films and the Once Upon a Time films in Mexico. <laughs> and he's not really been able to pick it back up. I mean, the fact that my local... It came out Friday just gone, time of recording. And none of the studios or anywhere has done any marketing at all for this film kind of tells you a lot it's been then unceremoniously dumped in cinemas and in a hope to kind of recoup some money but i don't know if it will i mean there's something to be said for these mid-budget kind of action films and you know their sort of resurgence with like john wick and that sort of ilk but this was just bland and boring and I mean sure it looks nice it's a Robert Rodriguez film you know it does look nice some of the visuals are you know pretty cool but just overall it just feels very very flat there's a couple of cool shots here and there but again that's not enough to really stand out from the crowd I mean if you like a quote unquote high concept thing this might be a bag but I doubt it highly because honestly it just doesn't have anything there to keep you gripped I spent the majority of the film rolling my eyes as Matt will probably attest to this <laughs> sighing and moaning because I knew how ridiculous they, they, they try and do this really absolutely balmy lunacy story but try and play it so straight it's ridiculous you either go with that kind of story you either go full tilt mental with it or you know you just don't bother i mean the dialogue is really kind of really bad <laughs> like i called a lot of what was going to happen before it happened the dialogue between the characters is very predictable very cliche ridden and yeah I mean, it was nice to see something different aside from Smashy Smashy on the big screen, you know. But overall, it just wasn't particularly anything special or anything great. Which is a shame because I know Robert Rodriguez can produce bloody good films when he wants to. It just seems like as of late, he just hasn't. And that's a shame because I'm one of the few people that actually really liked... uh, Alita Battle Angel even though arguably that's a film that was you know James Cameron's baby for however many like decades before it got handed off to him so bit of a shame really so I think now I'm going to take another break and I am going to go see a film I know again I know literally nothing about that's been unceremoniously dumped in cinemas so I'll uh, see you in a few Okay, and we're now back home. Hence the change in sound quality. So, just got home from my big grand day out. See what I did there? Eh? Eh? You shut up. You you come up with a good title for these episodes, alright? Anyway, so just got back and I've just come out of seeing Sisu. Sisu? S-I-S-U. 
Not quite sure how it's pronounced, but from what I can gather from reading up online, it's originally a Finnish film that was picked up for worldwide distribution by Sony. And what this is, is basically, to put it, to give you a very brief uh, synopsis, a Finnish gold miner uh, finds the find of his life in rural Finland. He then makes his way, tries to make his way back to town with his massive haul, but then runs across a group of evil, nasty Nazis who are current, who are on the way home because it's nineteen forty four. On the way back to Germany because they're losing the war, and basically these these chaps have a fight. <laughs> Yeah, I can't really say a lot else about it, to be honest. It reminds me a lot. It's a very 80s plot premise in that they discover along the way that he's actually an ex... Uh, I think they say he's an ex-commando with the Finnish army and took down, like, 500 Russians, which I believe is actually based on a true story, except it's with a uh, sniper. But... Like I say, it's a very 80s plot covering those 80s cliché where they go, oh my god, he's actually a trained ex-SAS SEAL or whatever, but it's made with modern sensibilities. And this was a bloody great time. So I didn't realise at the time as well. It was only reading up on it later, the director, whose name escapes me now, can't remember, he actually directed the Rare Exports of Christmas film back in 2010, which I haven't seen, but I'm very aware of. And it's definitely going to make me <laughs> gonna go back and watch that uh, this year. Because, my word, this film is so violent and so gory. You've got literal knives going through heads. You've got... There's a moment in a minefield which I won't spoil if you've not seen any of the trailers, but it is the most, one of the most ridiculous things I have ever seen. There is literal body parts flying everywhere. I had a complete blast with this, if you excuse the pun, because while it is extremely hyper-violent and over-the-top, it kind of took me back to the old days, like I say, of 80s cinema and the action hero kind of... Um, it's very influenced by, obviously, the more modern takes on action cinema, but it's got such an 80s feel to it, it's kind of impressive. As well, the film is split up into several chapters, and they kind of flash up on the screen, and they're kind of like yellow and red writing, kind of a bit like the Reservoir, uh, no, not Reservoir, uh, Pulp Fiction kind of logo, a bit like that, so it's a very exploitation-y kind of feeling to it as well so it would fit right at home on a uh, 1980s VHS cassette as well but I had a great blast with this it's very well directed as well the swooping landscapes and, and shots of like barren desolate Finland where obviously there's you know the Nazis have invaded and like basically Part of the plot is that they're doing Operation Scorched Earth, so when they're leaving the country to stop, obviously, the Allies from trying to drive them back, they're basically bombing every city and destroying all of the major roads and stuff, so 
the Allies can't get through. So seeing this barren wasteland with it all destroyed, you know, the rural wasteland is absolutely like awe-inspiring and shocking at the same time because you remember this is a film set in 1944. But along with that as well, our main character, I can't remember his name now, I think it's said maybe once, but I'm going to refer to him as the gold miner. He is just the fucking dude. <laughs> it's amazing. He says maybe two lines throughout the entire film, and they're literally the last two lines of the film. And again, I'm not going to spoil those, but he has such a presence on the screen. You completely buy that he's a badass with his grunt. He doesn't even, like... I think he growls at a Nazi at one point, and the Nazi just turns around and goes, Oh, run away! It's fucking... It's so... So good. I don't know why this one hasn't been advertised. It certainly hasn't seen any sort of advertising around my local area or the local multiplex. It seems, again, very unceremoniously dumped into cinemas. I don't know if that is the case for worldwide or whether it's just because it's got a very limited release. But this is definitely one, if you like action, uh, or even if you just like gore or like kind of like like the sound of it of what i've been talking about it's definitely one to seek out this is probably in my contention for top of the year so far i'm going to be brutally honest with you because i i had so much fun with this i was elated with joy and glee anytime there was a flying limb or or blood and gore and the action as well is shot so well it's kind of like I've been watching a lot of Alias recently and that's kind of got the whole born identity kind of effect on it because it's the early 2000s and everything's very shaky cam and you can't see a lot this is you can feel the impact of the hits without you know the need for shaky cam and stuff and you you completely buy it and there's some set pieces here which you think are going to go one way but they go a completely different way which I have never seen before in in a in an action film, you know, like there's a whole sequence underwater, which is just absolutely mind blowing. It's again, I don't want to spoil this, and I don't know why, like Sony have done next to no, like advertising for this. I know at time of recording they've got Spider Verse coming out like at the end of the week, but this is so strong. This should be, you know, this should be pushed with it. It's it's in an English language and with with partly in finish as well but it's an action film and you know it, with the likes of again i'm going to reference this again i referenced it earlier but like john wick and stuff there is an audience for this kind of stuff as well so i don't really see why they haven't pushed it as much because this is fucking great and if they're going to do more of these which i kind of hope they do and i kind of hope they don't um I would 110 p 110% be in for that because this was a hell of a ride.